Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbionica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbionica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot com. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN, the sports betting network. It is Sharp Money. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. Not just the big news of us with the $1,000 free roll, but breaking news, the 49ers are trading for Broncos defensive end Randy Gregory. So remember, Gregory, he wasn't officially released by the Broncos, so he's been traded to the 49ers. The rich get richer if they can do anything with that all-world talent. Remember, out of Nebraska, troubled the 49ers who are part of the mix as far as our $1,000 free voucher at five and a half to one to win a Super Bowl just traded for Randy Gregory. Okay, we got you back. We're going to welcome in our buddy college football handicapper, Kyle Hunter. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Hunter Picks. And as we say hi to Kyle, we're going to dive into some games uh, this weekend as far as college is concerned. And I'll start with this one just because it's a, it's a wild situation for Notre Dame, their third big test in a row. They head to Louisville and I'll give you six. So Notre Dame's laying six and Kyle, we've got a total of 53 and a half. Yeah. I mean, uh, first it's great to be here again, guys. Thanks for having me on. I think this is an interesting game where you've got Notre Dame with talent advantage, Louisville in a better spot because Notre Dame's had several big games in a row, and then obviously they play USC coming up. So you could argue situationally that this is a really tough spot for Notre Dame. From from my standpoint, I would say Louisville, uh, not a good look for them on offense last week against NC State. NC State really not a very good defense. And Louisville was kind of humming on offense against Boston College, Georgia Tech, Murray State. But then against Indiana, decent defense, um, NC State, decent defense. They've kind of been a mess. Like, I don't think I can trust Louisville to score too many in a game like this. Uh, Plummer has made some really bad decisions in key moments. I don't trust him against a good defense that doesn't give up big plays. And that's kind of what Louisville is all about, is getting those explosive plays on offense. I don't think they can consistently move the ball down the field against a team like Notre Dame. On the other side, Louisville's defense has been pretty good. But as I said, if you look at their schedule they've played against, really, I think you can discount a lot of their their stats because Louisville's uh, a decent team. And, you know, Brom's doing a good job. I think he'll do a good job at Louisville. But, you know, their record, um, it makes them look better than what they really are. So uh, Notre Dame 54th strength of schedule, Louisville 100th. Both these teams play relatively slowly. Notre Dame 112th in tempo. 
in Louisville, 86th. I know it's not a great spot for Notre Dame. Uh, big talent differential, though, and they get back a few of their top wide receivers. I don't trust Louisville's offense here. Um, my leans are Notre Dame, and then I also like the under here. Uh, totals are what I usually do the best at, and under is my favorite play in this one. Okay, you can find a 54. Kyle, we're going to pull you down just for a second and try to reconnect. I don't want to miss a word you have to say because that was a great breakdown. So, again, if you miss Kyle Hunter's take on Notre Dame-Louisville, he leans Notre Dame as far as the side. You can find a six in the market, and he leans the under Amal Shaw 54 as far as the total. Yeah, I think this is a game. If you like the under, I think you, you're firmly in that camp. If you like the over because of Louisville's offense and Notre Dame's ability against a not as strong of a uh, defensive side from the Cardinals, in my estimation, this this is an interesting one. Uh, I want to see how Hartman and, and Estime perform against his Louisville defense on the flip side. Thrash and company have been outstanding. What can he do uh, offensively on the perimeter against them? Plummer, how effective can he be now? A major step up in competition. Guys, we saw them really struggle Friday night in Raleigh in that spot against NC State. They eke out a 13-10 win. Really couldn't get much going. A little bit of just... Tough. I know uh, NC State's got a pretty good defense, but I would argue that Notre Dame's got an even better defense. And this would be interesting to see who can kind of assert themselves in this football game. Didn't it blow you away how effusive Brock Vereen was? Uh, he said it's the fastest team yeah. he's seen in person, that being Louisville when we had Brock on. Okay, I'm going to welcome back in Kyle and Amal. I'll kick it over to you, Kyle Hunter, college football handicapper, back here on Sharp Money. Yeah, let's go a little bit further down in Georgia. It's going to be Kentucky on the road between the hedges taking on Georgia. Kyle, when you look at this matchup, tell me where you see this one winding up. Uh, Georgia's had great success, dominated Kentucky last year. Uh, now they're laying 14.5 and a total of 47.5 in this one. Yeah, I think the question here is, um, is Georgia going to be that same team they've been the last couple of years? I mean, people kind of just assume it's going to happen. It hasn't happened yet this year. They've kind of leaned on Brock Bowers just being an amazing talent to kind of bail them out of a couple games. Uh, I think it's surprising that Georgia's defensive front has not done better than they have against the run. How is a team with this much talent giving up 3.97 yards per carry? We saw uh, Thorne running on them really well last week, which is surprising. Um, they really haven't even faced good rushing attacks so far this year. Now they do in Kentucky, who averages 6.48 yards per carry on the season. I don't think Georgia is actually bad against the run, but I think this is a good test for them. Um, Davis, what a game last week from Kentucky. Uh, fantastic stuff. I, I didn't expect that because Florida had been pretty good against the run before that. But, you know, I think Kentucky is a team that really relies on those big plays. They're first in explosiveness on offense in the country, 84th in success rate. So huge split. You see a team that does get stuffed behind the line a decent amount of times, but they do get a lot of big plays. So Georgia needs to stop those big plays. I think Georgia, uh, to me, the play calling has not been great. Bobo comes back here. Uh, pretty predictable play calling. In this case, I would have to lean Kentucky plus the points based on everything we've seen. Now, of course, it's not going to be shocking if at some point Georgia just flips the switch. Uh, and maybe it could be this game. But I think Kentucky plus 14 and a half is the side I would have to take. I also kind of like the under in this game. I think uh, the tempo for both teams will be pretty slow. and We'll see a lot of running. I'll never understand the obsession with Mr. Bobo. I totally agree with you there. Okay, let's keep it going. Um, Arizona, USC, you know you're going to have a big total here because Mr. Grinch's defense. Uh, let's see, Kyle. We've got Arizona at USC here in Los Angeles. 21 and a half is the number and 72 on the total. Yeah, I think 21 and a half is pretty key. We see several 21, several 21 and a half. 
Uh, in a game like this, the back door should be pretty wide open. You know, is it going to be Jaden Delora, Noah Fafita? I don't know if that's the correct pronunciation or not, but does it really matter who's quarterback here? Because the backup did play well last week uh, against Washington in a game where Arizona hung, hung around against a really good team. To me, USC laying this many points, not bettable. Of course, they could win by 40 or 50 points. Uh, it wouldn't be totally shocking, but there's two issues. One, they've shown us time and time again that they'll get a big lead, and then that Grinch defense will let teams back in the second half. Two, they play at Notre Dame next. Huge matchup. This isn't a spot where you'd expect USC to just run it up and show everything they have. I like Arizona here, but I also think this could be a good game to live bet because USC does get out to fast starts. So if you see USC take a 14 nothing lead, 21 nothing lead, I think grabbing Arizona plus a big number there on a live betting line would be a good play. And Kyle, I think that's an excellent point. You can get potentially over four touchdowns during this game, Patrick. It's a good one. Last year was 45-37 down in the desert. And Kyle brought up a few points, and you mentioned the same thing. With Alex Grinch's defense, we saw it against Arizona State. We saw it against Colorado. How many points are going to be comfortable enough to you, for somebody to lay with the Trojans? in this game yep 100 percent. let's keep it going kyle hunter joining us here sharp money college football handicapper at kyle hunter picks on twitter next one up michigan at minnesota so i'll set you up on the number here of course michigan at minnesota minnesota that offense has been atrocious as you know let's go 18 and i'll give you a 46 on the total all right, so I think the the thing about this game that stands out is really Minnesota's not very good. Minnesota's been a good team the last few years. I don't think they're good anymore. They're 101st in yards per play margin on the season, negative 0.65 yards per play. Really bad, especially when you look at look at the schedule they've played, guys. Nebraska, Eastern Michigan, North Carolina, Northwestern, Louisiana. So we'll give them North Carolina, but other than that, there's really no good excuse to be that bad on the yards per play margin. I think they have some real problems. And Michigan, I mean, I'll say first, I'm an Ohio State fan. I'm, I'm happy to say that. And so I, I'm not rooting for Michigan in general, but you know, I can be honest about the approach and say that Michigan's a really good team. I think they were kind of disappointing people before last week. Uh, that didn't really make any sense to me that people were getting so low on them, though, because Michigan's fine. They got a great offensive line, really good defensive line. Harbaugh's a good coach. I think Minnesota's front seven on defense is way down from the last few years. Rossi's a good defensive coordinator, but they're just outmanned badly here. I think Corum and company will run over them. So I will take Michigan here minus the points. Kyle, last week I made the comment that the winner of the Ohio State-Michigan game is going to win the national title. Uh, are there other teams you'd throw in the mix? Because I think both these teams have elite defenses. How do you see these two teams as we go down the stretch in terms of potentially betting future odds to win a national title? Well, I mean, I think the tricky thing about that is Penn State is so good. So, you know, where's Penn State come into this? There's three teams there in that same division. They're so good. I think Penn State's defense is excellent. And Penn State probably has a decent chance to at least win one of those two games against either Ohio State or Michigan. So it's tricky to forecast exactly who's going to be in the Big Ten title game uh, from that division. For me, I would say the other team that has the same upside that, that I think could be uh, super dangerous is Texas. You know, Texas has a great win against Alabama on the road. I know Alabama is not as good as they have been. But you go on the road and play against that good of a defense and pick up a win like that, I think your upside is super high. 
Well, speaking of Texas, Red River, Cotton Bowl, I know you don't have a hardcore opinion here, but let me just set it up for you. You got about 45 seconds here, Kyle. Oklahoma, Texas. I got Texas lane five and a half and 60 and a half on the total. Yeah, guys, this line has been all over the place this week. I think it's a pretty, you know, I love to watch the market, seeing this bounce all over the place. It's super interesting. Oklahoma's plus eight turnover margin so far this year. It makes me a bit skeptical about them. Uh, the advanced numbers kind of suggest their offensive line is a relative weakness. It's a big test for them going up against a really good Texas defensive line. Um, Texas 15th strength of schedule, according to Sager, and Oklahoma 60th. I would have to lean toward Texas here, and I see some sharp people taking the under. I don't totally understand that one because we've seen a lot of shootouts here in this one. Um, I think there will be points again. Kyle Hunter, great job, Kyle. Enjoy the football this weekend. College football handicapper, also pro, and he loves college hoops as well. Go check him out, at Kyle Hunter Picks on Twitter. Thank you, Kyle. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Okay. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate you. We'll get into the Red River rivalry next and the shootout. Brian Bosworth, speaking of which, is going to join us in 15 minutes as well. We also have to figure out this voucher. $1,000 free play for the boys. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Are you looking to become a better better? Of course you are. And tens of thousands of people have already tuned into and turned to Juice Reel. That's Juice R-E-E-L in the App Store. Juice Reel is not a sports book. It's a tool to help you beat the books. 
Juice Reel connects all of your sports betting accounts into one app, loads all of your betting history, and gives you an analytical edge backed by nearly 1 billion in bets from sports bettors in all 50 states. You can use the data to follow the winners and fade the losers. Don't place another bet until you've downloaded this revolutionary sports betting tool, Juice Reel. That's juice like orange juice, real, R-E-E-L. It's absolutely free to download your iPhone, your Android. Become a better better with Juice Reel. Got you back here. Brian Bosworth, an Oklahoma legend, will join us. Red River Shootout coming up this weekend. Uh, Amal Shaw, of course, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. We uh, have a it's a great Friday for us as we've got the thousand dollar free roll from the contest amongst the shows here. We did not outsell everybody. I just want to make that clear. But we did win the random drawing. So thank you to Bill A.D. and the crew that's providing the thousand dollars going to be delivered on Monday, so we are trying to put together our futures play at the Rap Radio, VEASAN Live on Twitter. You can go help us vote for who you think we should pick for our futures bet. Okay. Um, what else? Brian Bosworth, I mentioned Samich on a Sunday. We're going to run the board coming up, boys. Uh, but just quickly, let's get into this. So the Cotton Bowl this weekend, looking forward to it. The Venables, who I know, uh, Amal, you've been high on uh, year two, just a stark turnaround. If you think about Oklahoma, first off, Gabriel wasn't healthy last year in the 49 nothing beatdown. So he is healthy. It's a team that gave up defensively 30 points per last year. Venables is a great defensive mind. They're giving up 10 points per through five. So corrected that side of the ball. It's an explosive offense. You see the numbers. So Oklahoma, Texas, neutral, five and a half, 61 on the total. Uh, 312 matchup. Texas, your third ranked team in the country. Offensive line and Jonathan Brooks is where you start. Yours has been great, but they ran for 217 over Kansas. Uh, but Worthy and Mitchell. And then we were discussing where the defense ranks nationally. Maybe I oversold it a little bit, but this is the best defensive team in my estimation. The Longhorns in the Big 12. Boys, let's jump into it. Well, I mentioned five and a half and 61 them all. I'll tell you what, I've been to a lot of these games. I've never expected the first part of this conversation to start with defense, but these are two top 12 defenses. Patrick, you've been on this Texas defense all year long, and I don't think people are aware how good they've been defensively. They have not given up more than 20 points combined in any single quarter this year. It has just been a dominant performance. They've given up 64 points in five games. Think about that for a second, guys. If you're giving up less than 13 points a game, it's very hard to lose a football game when you got Ewers and Worthy on the other side of that offense along with Jatavion Sanders. But again, I want to go back to a point you made earlier. They had that one hiccup defensively, and I'm, I'm not going to call it a hiccup because you and I know what Jalen Milrow can do when you look at Burton and Bond on the perimeter for Alabama and Jace McClellan. They're a dangerous offense. They have stymied everyone they face. I get every team they haven't played is Alabama, but at the end of the day, when you're getting out there and you're making plays and you look at these numbers for this team defensively, what they've been able to do, it tells you why Texas is right there as one of the few teams that's in that race, not only to make the college football playoff, but to be a national champion. I mean, this season so far alone, they've just ha they've had... 44 more first downs than their opponent. Think about that for a second when you just average it out per game. That's almost 100 yards per game just simply based on that. Been dominant, controlling the line of scrimmage. They've done a great job so far this year. Teams that have gotten in the red zone, they've only had five scores in the red zone this year against Texas. I think this is one where you mentioned it. Dylan Gabriel didn't play last year. Oklahoma got worked 49-0. You talk about bulletin board material and ready to be focused. That's going to be the Sooners. But... Is this offense good enough against an elite Texas defense? On the flip side, when you look at this Oklahoma team, 
Deshaun McCullough, Stutzman. These guys have been great. They got to get the consistency on the perimeter in the passing game. Drake Stoops is a great receiver. Dylan Gabriel is going to have to target him. He's going to have to be savvy about when he runs the football because they've got an absolute beast back there in Marcus Majors. If they're not smart about this, guys, it could be a little bit of a problem. I didn't make a play in this game, but I'm going to tell you, I hate to do this because I always cheer against the burnt orange in this one. I think Texas wins and covers. Great breakdown. If you like Oklahoma to cover, I'll just put it that way. First off, you know, eight of the last 10 matchups between these two teams, big guy, were decided by one score. Also, you take a look at Oklahoma this year, 5-0 and ATS. There's one, two, three, four teams, Penn State, Oklahoma, Oregon, and UNLV, all 5-0 and ATS this year. Lamal had a great breakdown. Let's hear yours. Uh, betting splits, just a quick update over VEASAN.com. You can see all the betting splits, 80% of the handle on 79% of the bet bets on the Longhorns, laying the five and a half. This was a, a game I went into really wanting to find a bet on Oklahoma, and I got to tell you guys, I couldn't get there. I think Oklahoma is much improved. I think that defense takes a major step forward so far this year with like 20 transfers be, being brought in, a lot of them on that side of the ball. Venable's getting to instill his system, install his system even more, but they have not been tested at all. I watched a lot of the game against Cincinnati. They really struggled to pull away, and they ended up pushing that game. I believe it was a 14-point line at the end, and I they... They just didn't have enough firepower to put a team like Cincinnati away playing its first season in the Big 12 that left me hesitant to want to back them. I'm surprised the number got to where it is at uh, five and a half right now because everything to me says you go with Texas here. Look, I get that Quinn Ewers is the guy who's the sexy name for everyone when they look at Texas. I know he used to have a mullet. I don't think he does anymore. And I know he's going to be a first round pick as a quarterback. And this guy's probably flying under the radar simply because he's replacing a guy who was such a stud a year ago. I think Jonathan Brooks is a monster, and I think he's a guy they're going to feed a lot this weekend, and he could end up uh, having a great day against this Oklahoma defense. They haven't seen a running back who looks like him so far this year, and that's why I also think the under might be a play I end up adding. I just think 61 is a lot of points for an improved Oklahoma defense and what is an awesome Texas defense. I lean under in this one. Big guy, I'm right there with you. However, I think it's going to be nervy early. Under 30 and a half in the first half. That's what I was nervy early between these two feeling each other out. Also, correct me if I'm wrong, but the Alabama win and the other close game for Texas, wasn't it Wyoming? Wyoming, yeah. First half. They kind of pulled the big shots in the fourth quarter, pulled away. They're super talented. I think it's going to be a feel out process first half. Uh, Nervy early. Give me under 30 and a half. I'm with you on that one. I, I like the call there. And I'll tell you another thing. You're absolutely right. The, these games have been historically. Remember the Caleb Williams game a couple years ago. We see Oklahoma with the avalanche in the second half. It seems like a lot of the scoring in this series, excuse me, comes later in the game so many times. Um, I, I'll tell you the only reason I'm not going to go with the under in this game. On, on paper, it should be an underplay all day. I've seen too many of these games just turn into track meets out there at the State Fair. It's the weather's always amazing. It's mid-70s. It's the day the Chamber of Commerce asked for. And this is going to be a fun one. I I don't think we're going to have a a repeat of last year's 49-0 game. But I think Patrick's point he made a few weeks ago about Texas has not changed. This, for me, is one of the top five defenses in college football. Everybody wants to point to Brooks and to Ewers and to Worthy and Sanders on the offensive side. But, guys... 
this defense. They have not allowed more than 24 points against any opponent, including Alabama on the road. You've got to keep an eye on this Texas defense if you're Oklahoma and you're going to be effective. You've got to be able to control the clock, control the ball. If you can't do that, there's some quick three and outs. Bye-bye, Oklahoma. Yeah. And I think trenches-wise, I think Texas does have the edge. Are we yep. going to have to eventually yeah. – are, are the three of us going to have to eventually apologize to Steve Sarkeesian? No, that would not no, be a good day. No, because let's look at the Texas schedule. At what point does Steve Sarkeesian stand in the way of this team making the postseason? The first Saturday in October, <laughs> the first Saturday in December in Arlington at Jerry World <laughs> yes. when they play Oklahoma in the rematch and the Sooners win. There will be a moment where Steve Sarkeesian thinks, oh, you know what? I've overcome it all, guys. I'm finally <laughs> legit. I've put Nick Saban in the rear view. Everyone's looking at me as like, I am a good yep. coach. And at some point he will stub his toe, shoot them in the foot, and Texas season will go up in flames. I, yeah, I got to tell probably you, right. I just real quick to Patrick's point on this defense. I didn't see it with them, Patrick, what you mentioned earlier in the year. I, I went back and looked at the numbers. These dudes are dominant. They're big. They're, too. Well, they're just good, right? Like when you look at the numbers statistically, when you're giving up less than 13 points a game, I don't care if you're playing the Wyoming's of the world. Look, Wyoming took care of business against Texas Tech. And I promise you when the Red Raiders play the horns, that'll be a tougher game than Texas wants. You called it early on and there's nothing that has changed with this team from a defensive standpoint. Look at what they did against Kansas. Jason Bean fumbles the football. They get a scoop and score the rest of the way. I mean, they have really been thorough in their domination of their opponents so far, minus the Wyoming game. And they're rotating yeah. a lot of guys on that D-line. That D-line's causing yep. a lot of problems for a lot of people. Murphy, Burke, uh, Sweat. They've got like six or seven guys that are rotating on the D-line. So those, those guys are staying fresh throughout the game as well. And back to what you said about Alabama. I mean, they just they kind of embarrassed Alabama in Tuscaloosa. So that was embarrasses a stretch. Oh. But it was they not were the better team from that, start to finish in that matchup. That final score was not sides. as is not as close as that game. That, that totally game was agree. it was much more dominant by Texas. And it was a 10 point win. Yeah. Wasn't it? Yep, yeah. Absolutely. All right. Um, we've got an Oklahoma legend joining us next, boys. That is Brian Bosworth. The Boz. I don't even know if kids of this generation know growing up how much swag <laughs> Brian Bosworth. Had. Could you imagine him with Instagram oh. and TikTok? He'd be owning it. Bosworth joins us next year on Sharp Money. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, I'm Patrick Maher, Red River. Of course, the showdown coming up tomorrow. We'll get to that with Brian Bosworth, an Oklahoma legend. But quickly want to let you know, yesterday we dropped the 2023 NBA betting guide. 30 team previews, live betting strategies, futures, and year-long player props. Also building a model for the season, Jonathan Von Tobel. Subscribe for as low as $19 right now. vcin.com slash subscribe. So if you're talking Oklahoma, Texas, I'm not sure we can do better than this right here. Brian Bosworth, the boss man. He is, you can find him on Cameo. And people don't realize in a social media age, this guy had more swag than anybody <laughs> on the planet and still does. Cameo.com slash Brian Bosworth. Make sure you go get a cameo from the boss. Hi, Brian. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for the cameo plug, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, man, you're the best. Uh, Cameo.com slash Brian Bosworth. Yeah, that's a lot of fun. That's, uh, they have a great program. 
What does it mean to you? We were just talking about the Cotton Bowl. We were talking, maybe you think Michigan, Ohio State, Iron Bowl nationally. Why don't you frame it for us? What does Oklahoma, Texas mean to the Boz? Look, I, I don't know what other rivalry games feel like because, you know, I'm not, um, I don't have an emotional tie to Ohio State, Michigan, or Florida, and Georgia, or, you know, any of these others. But um, it's, there, there is no rival to the OU Texas game. Um, you, you can't describe it in, unless there is some some emotional uh, connection to the game. For me, you know, born in Oklahoma, kidnapped, raised in Texas, forced to listen to that stupid Eyes of Texas song um, while I was in high school, um, but made a promise when I was like nine, ten years old to my grandfather, who was a farmer up in Oklahoma, who could never leave the farm to come watch me play sports as a kid. Um, but he, he did say, hey, look, there's a little school that's down the street. Um, if you're good enough and you, you get a chance to play for them, I'll, I'll leave the farm because that's like 30, 45 minutes away. I can, I can get away on a Saturday and come watch you play. Uh, and again, I'm nine, 19 years old. And I'm going, okay, that sounds good. I promise you I'll, I'll do everything I can in my power to get to that little school. Yeah, I go home uh, go to the house and ask my grandmother, what's the little school that's down the street? The granddad will come watch me play. And he goes, you mean the University of Oklahoma? That's it. I got to go there. So that's where the seed was planted. And then I became, you know, in love with them because in 74, 75, they won that national champions back to back. But it was more than the success on the field. It was the way in which their success came. Uh, and then the charisma of their head coach, Barry Switzer. Um, and, you know, back in those days, you just games weren't accessible. So the only access I really had to Oklahoma football was the Barry Switzer show. And, you know, it motivated me to not only keep my promise, but knowing that that's really where my home is. That's where my heart is. Um, and I want to go and play for that school. But I want to I want to impact the school. I just want to be a guy on the sideline. Um, so it, it was a motivating factor for me to get there. Uh, because the way the University of Texas was then and kind of still are, they always, I mean, we kind of look at them as, you know, these entitled, you know, know-it-all, you know, prima donna, just kind of spoiled snobs. You know, and in, in reverse, they look at the University of Texas, the University of Oklahoma as a bunch of backward country rednecks that really don't have, um, you know, any worth of acknowledgement because we're just farm boys. Um, and I, and I get that. That's, that's just part of the, you know, the way they think and, you know, the way we, we believe, but, you know, in the seventies and the eighties, the way we played the epitome of football was to be physical at the point of attack and suffocate and destroy your enemy. Um, and that's why the Oklahoma Nebraska game was so pivotal at the end of the season. But there were two games on this, on the calendar that really mattered to the, alumni and the, and, the, and the coaching staff and the players. And, of course, the Nebraska game meant a lot because it really determined who won the Big Eight. But the bragging rights for 365 days of the year was that game of the Cotton Bowl. And it doesn't matter who's the best team because the best team sometimes walks out of that stadium shocked because they figure out, I don't know how we lost that game. 
Um, and that's the one thing about rivalry games, anything can happen. And the one thing that you never measure is the size of a man's heart with a chip on his shoulder and, and a prize in the horizon, knowing that if he's passionate enough, the only thing that matters is that Saturday in October that sets the stage for the remainder of your season. Um, and it really is kind of that pivotal game that everybody looks at um, win or lose as to the way they play the following game and then on down the line. Because there's so much, there's so much emotion. There's so much on the line for both states, pride, um, passion, manhood, all of it. Um, and I'm sure all the other, you know, uh, rivalry games have the same thing. But I'm going to tell you something. When you're standing in the Cotton Bowl and you have half the stadium orange, and the other half of the stadium, Crimson, um, it's not only deafening, it's intimidating. Um, it, can, it can overwhelm your emotions. Um, so the, the, the trick is to get in there and just put the blinders on and block out all the noise and just remind yourself it's a football game. I hate these guys. Um, and uh, if something bad happens, um, I got to let it go quickly so the wheels don't fall off the bus and we can recover because that game really does come down to the team that makes the fewest mistakes usually wins the game. Usually, um, unless the referees are involved and you go back and watch the 84 game and watch that fiasco um, <laughs> because we clearly won that game. Was that the and tie? Not only they knew it, that's the tie, fish, yeah. whatever you want to call it. You know, interception in, in the end zone by Keith Stansbury, fumble recovery in the middle of the field by Paul Meliago, a field goal that was clearly so far out of, uh, you know, out of the goalpost that, uh, you know, I was looking for zebra season to be open that night or that day because I had, I had two stallions that were going to be mounted on my wall. You know, that's just the name of that game. And I don't know um, what really happened, but it was a tragedy, a travesty. Uh, we recovered. Um, but I think the most important thing, we knew it, and the whole world knew who won that game and who dominated that game, and we did that for the next couple of years, and that's the way this series goes. So hopefully this year, uh, we turned the tides. Last year was an abomination, 49 to nothing, but, you know, the, forget the score. We were playing, you know, like a bird with, with clipped wings. You know, we couldn't get off the ground because, you know, our quarterback was hurting the TCU, TCU game. Um, you know, and it was Brent Venable's first year. So, you know, a lot of different factors go into this game. But uh, you can tell. I can go on and on about it. Um, it's just, it's, it's the most important game in the world to me. I, I understandably so. Patrick, for a lot of people that don't know, University of Oklahoma's largest alumni base is in the city of Dallas. This is, in my opinion, I'm from Ohio. Patrick's from Michigan. I said this is still the best rivalry in college football. Boz, there's a million questions I can ask you, but I got to ask you, you had a great recruiting story from Barry Switzer when he came to MacArthur High School in Irving. We got a couple of minutes if you can just keep it brief on that story, but I love the story you told about it. Well, you know, when I was recruited, um, uh, I, I I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in, in myself um, in high school, mainly because my head coach, you know, downplayed uh, my worth as a football player. He just said, hey, man, you, you might be good enough to play Division II football, even though I was getting letters in my mailbox from just about every school in the country. But a letter's a letter, you know. So until you get asked, 
um, then he was like, oh, hey, man, these guys really want me. So when I went to SMU, I committed to them. When I went to Baylor, I committed to them. When I went to LSU, I committed to them. When I went to Texas A&M, I committed to them. And I finally got to the point where I better, I better stick to one of these commitments that Oklahoma was my last uh, recruiting trip. And my concern was when I looked at the roster, I go, I don't know if I, I want to go play and, yeah, I might get a scholarship, but I don't want to stand on the sideline and watch four years go by. I want to impact the field. So my confidence level was where it wanted to be. So I called the coach, I called the recruiting coordinator there, uh, Scott Hill, and said, I'm going to cancel my trip. I'm going to A&M. You know, and then Coach Switzer shows up in my in my cafeteria in my high school uh, the very next day in a in a meat coat, wearing all of his uh, bling bling, screaming across the cafeteria, "Where's Boz? Where's Boz? You want one of these? If you come to University of Oklahoma, you get you get hardware." And I'm going, "Oh my God, this ain't happening to me right now." So that that kind of set the tone, but really what nailed the uh, put the nail in the coffin was. He just said, hey, just give us a chance. Come look at us. Come see what we have to offer. Brought me into his office, and he goes, and I asked him for a You can have any, any linebacker in the country. Why do you want me so bad? Our, our high school team was 2-8. and eight. And he goes, I don't care about your record. I just, see, I just see the athlete. And I see something in you that is far beyond what you think you're capable of. But if you come here, I'll pull it out of you. I believe in you. I just want you to come home. And when he said that, I knew where, where my address was going to be for the next four years. Cameo.com slash Brian Bosworth, the freaking legend that is the Boz. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A dot this is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season. New customers can bet $5 and can pocket $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no sweat same game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code SHARP when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. So, 
That was a legendary question by me because it then entered into, I think it was a 10 minute answer by Brian Bosworth. Now, a couple of things, Tom, just playing. He is, he's a legend. We just had Brian Bosworth on the show. Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. I actually wrote down a quote from him during his answer. Um, he said at one point talking about the rivalry and just football in general, he said football and Oklahoma football is about being physical at the point of attack. We wanted to suffocate and destroy the enemy. <laughs> Think things have changed a little bit, boys? <laughs> just a bit. And then he finished with a snap into a slim jam. Oh, yeah. I mean, just that is like... We have, and we it's obviously not political. It's just things have changed in life so much where they used to, quote, want to suffocate and destroy the enemy. I had to write that well, I mean, down. How, that is, let's say he had 100 tackles in a season. How many of his tackles during his prime would have gotten called for targeting in today's rules? Oh, my God. I, I mean, oh, he, he, was, he was clotheslining people. Dude, I, he was not good. He was a now the injuries obviously with the Seahawks and all, yeah. but he was one of the great college football players of all time. It's not even a question. Sports Illustrated at the end of the '99 uh, uh, football season did a top hundred players of all time. At that time, Brian Bosworth ranked 30th, only player to win two Butkus Awards, two-time All-American and linebacker, won a national championship with the Sooners. I mean, this guy was absolutely dominant in terms of what he did for Oklahoma. And you got you guys mentioned it. By the way, real quick, and you can look at this during the commercial. If you want to see what the difference in college football today is and t- college football uh, uh, in the past, there's a hit from Zach Dumas against Auburn in a bowl game. Don Crickey goes, that's the hit of the 89-90 bowl season. I mean, he just killed the guy. Today, your family would be suspended for the hit. It's like, I, when he started, it started as something cliche. We wanted to be physical at the point of attack. Yeah. And then he paused. I thought the, the phone went out and he said, we wanted to suffocate and destroy the enemy. <laughs> so, okay. That, that went from zero to Bosworth in like 2.2 seconds. <laughs> to, to now guys text each other after the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, oh. That is, that is, when was, was Mandarich the year after or a couple of years after? Remember Michigan State cover of SI, Tony Mandarich? That was a little bit after Boz. Yeah, it's a little bit after Boz, but they're just guys that were just kind of low-key legends without social media, you know, the lore kind of built. Okay, let's get to a couple, uh, some college football games. Uh, it's a big weekend. We've got our buddy Samich coming up. Uh, Samich's got a brand new article over at vison.com, which we'll get to. But Amal, we'll start with you. And I do think there is a question. Now, this is testing Dion. There wasn't going to be a test. Colorado State at home. There wasn't going to be a test as far as motivation going to Eugene and taking on the Ducks. But how about going to Arizona State? It's four and the total 60. Look, I know it's kind of a square play to take Colorado in this spot. We've got a short number here on a team that's three and two against an opponent that's one and four. Guys, when you look at Arizona State, it's been inconsistency in terms of who's playing under center for them. They've had injuries. They had a variety of guys in there. They played competitively against Cal, but I still think that Colorado is an upgrade over California in terms of the quarterback position. Cal only threw for 130 yards last week. You got Bourgeois in under center here, had a fantastic game against the Golden Bears. They weren't effective on the ground. And if you're one-dimensional against a Colorado team who, even though they're not great defensively, I think their offense is going to put so much pressure on ASU, Patrick. I like Colorado here on the road. I would lay it up to four. Uh, there were some threes out there earlier. Now three and a half might be pressing for some spots. I like this game. 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 in the afternoon. Not going to be as hot in Tempe because we're in October. I, I don't think the weather will be as much of a factor here. I like the Buffaloes here. Just a more complete football team than ASU. 
Totally agree. And what I meant by a challenge for Dion, obviously getting a team up after yeah. all those marquee games where they again had crazy numbers on television. They're going to a very bad Arizona State team. You look at the total of all, Dustin, and you think, well, is this one we go over? Of course, Colorado's going to score at will. Arizona State has yet to score more than 28 this year. This is not a very good Colorado defense. We could start looking at the 58. I'd lean right now. I see three and a half. Uh, I don't think that number's in the market. It's mostly fours. You can find a three and a half with Colorado. I agree with them all here, Dustin. I'm actually going to go on a prop on this one with Colorado. I like Dylan Edwards, the running back. Look, he's a he's a freshman, and he's gotten more acclimated into the offense every single week. The only week he really didn't have a great week was Oregon and nobody for Colorado had a great week that week. And you kind of ignore the running back when you're trailing by that many touchdowns early. You look through his season so far, six for 24 in the opener against TCU was worked into the passing game though. And had 135 receiving yards against Nebraska with nine for 55, 10 for 57 against Colorado state. And then 12 for 44 a week ago against USC, his rush prop total is set at 38 and a half Arizona state 62nd against the run. That's not Awful, but it's not good either. Against Power 5 opponents this year, the Sun Devils allowed 113 rush yards to OK State, 213 to USC, and 196 on the ground at Cal. I think this is a game where Dylan Edwards could go over that low total of 38 and a half. He's averaging five yards a carry so far this year, so I'm going to take him here. Good one, big guy. Kenny Dillingham, by the way, looks younger than any head coach in the history of college football. Fair looks like Zach Wilson. I, I, I think he's like 32. He's really he young. looks younger than he. It's it. He just still has a baby face. It's it's 33. Crazy. Okay, 33. Yeah. He probably, maybe I just 33. Call it, turn 33 though. Okay, let's go. I know you have a play on the total here. Alabama, Texas A&M College Station this weekend. 46 is the number. Alabama, it's right. It's a pick em. You can find a shop showing Alabama lane one. Uh, you can find pick all over. Let's go with the total here. Yeah, I like this game under 45 and a half, 46, depending on where you get the number. Even if it's 45, Patrick, I would still play it. I don't know what your guys' perception of the Ohio State-Notre Dame game was, 17-14, low scoring. I still think if you're a casual fan, it's a great football game because it was competitive. And that's exactly what I feel this game is going to be. One possession game, 20-17, 21-17, in that type of neighborhood. Both teams with tremendous kickers. Will Reichard for... Uh, Alabama, and you look at Bond for uh, Texas A&M. I think it's going to come down to one of these two guys who within 52 yards is within range, minimize the turnovers. Max Johnson takes over for Connor Wegman at the quarterback position. I don't believe in this guy. Now, I think that's going to be a little bit of a problem here for A&M. I don't think their running game is what it used to be. I think that's going to be a challenge. Even though Johnson has played very, very well. Maybe I'm completely wrong and he's turned a corner and he's got a just a absolute redemption story for this year for A&M. But guys, I think at the end of the day, with Jalen Milrow in this team, a little bit more complete. The running game would get, excuse me, running game with Jace McClellan. And these are both top 20 defenses. I think Bama's secondary is better. I think it makes a few more plays. That's the difference. I think they eke out a win. But at the end of the day, this is an underplay all day. Low scoring, competitive. Should be a fun game to watch if you're not rooting for anybody and you want to see a close football game. Yeah, I'd go under nothing here as well. Big guy, you got anything? I don't trust Max Johnson. Yeah, so just some some notes when I was researching this game on these defenses. A&M's defense, top 20 in EPA and top 10 in success rate. 
Uh, they give up the 33rd, their 33rd best in points allowed, fifth in yards allowed, ninth versus the pass, 21st versus the run, second in sacks for this defense, and they're third on third down in the nation. On the other side, Alabama's defense is awesome. They're fifth in sacks, fourth in interceptions, and they're 25th on third down. 75% of red zone trips, they stop teams from scoring their 28th there. They're really, really good. Uh, I like the I think the under makes sense. I think I'm actually going to end up going with a first half play, though, on Texas A&M. Alabama's lost the first half in three of their last four road conference games. Uh, A&M has won five in a row at Kyle, Kyle Field, and they've won the first half in their last four conference games at Kyle Field. So I think I'm going to go first half A&M. Patrick, the reason why I like his first half play here is the only thing that they Alabama's played that's comparable from a noise standpoint, and Milrow wasn't playing under center, was last year when they played on Rocky Top and they played at LSU. It will be so loud it's deafening at Kyle Field. The noise retains in that stadium. The only thing that Beautiful. I think hurts the, the first half play would be is that it isn't a later kickoff, so yeah. the crowd isn't lubricated enough. Oh, don't worry. They get their drink on early in College Station. Congratulations, Dustin Sweetelson said the word lubricated and literally meant it. That was it. <laughs> he, he just meant it as a, as, a, as a term to use strategically on a, on a television show. I can't believe that just happened. I've known you for too long for that to happen. Okay. Do you guys feel like Loxley and Maryland, do you think they may feel disrespected, undefeated, not ranked? Yes. But... They head to Ohio State. Ohio State down to 19 and a half of all. Some shops showing 20 and 57 on the total. I know you two both have a play, so 30 seconds apiece. Yeah, to me, real quick, I, I actually don't have a play on this one, but I would lean towards Maryland in the points or look at the over. Guys, both offenses can move the football. I, I think it's going to be tough for the Terps to slow down the Buckeyes a ton. Yeah, this is similar to when I had Kansas in the first half against Texas. I think Maryland can hang around for a half with that offense. It's good enough right now the way they're humming. Uh, I think they hang for a half, but in the end, that Ohio State defense could end up getting them and losing the cover. So I'm going to go Maryland plus 10 and a half in the first half. Talia's actually balling. Oh, yeah. Now they played nobody, but he looks good. No, he, they've, they've only beaten mid-teams, yeah. but he's actually balling. He looks pretty good. Great job, boys. When we return, Mr. Packer. Mike Samich is going to join us. I can't stop. Uh, and we're going to run the board, of course, with Samich next here in Sharp Money. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.